Ayrshires were the dominant breed right throughout the UK, especially in Scotland. The mm -hmm. um, predominantly Ayrshires and Dairy Shorthorns were the prominent breed. That was right through the 1800s. The our aim is to make Ayrshire the Ayrshire breed more popular within the dairy farmers because we do believe they've yeah. got a lot to offer. Um, for any system, whether it be grazing, low input systems, high input systems, crossbreeding programs, you know, yeah. people don't consider the Ayrshire as a as an option for crossbreeding. But we've got a lot of mm -hmm. people that have had Holstein herds that have used Ayrshires and are actually delighted with the results. Mm -hmm. the MacVet podcast, the show that talks about communication, cows and coffee. I'm your host Fiona McGilvery and today I'm talking to Duncan Hunter who runs a dairy consulting business in the UK. So a regular feature of this podcast is for me to ask my guests about their favourite breed of cow but in this episode I'm going to be asking Duncan to share his vast expertise and knowledge about my favourite dairy breed, the Ayrshire. And my first experience of Ayrshire cows was when I worked as a new graduate in mixed practice in Dumfries. And what really stood out for me was their calmness um, and, of course, go gorgeous coat cover, uh, colour. Can't even talk. <laughs> the gorgeous coat colour. And when I moved from Dumfries to work in Derbyshire, I wasn't expecting there to be any Ayrshire herds in the practice, but was actually delighted to meet the Broadley family at Brunclyffe Farm who used that vet practice. And it was actually Andrew Broadley who introduced me to Duncan, who was a key ambassador for the breed. So previously, Duncan has been breed manager for the Ayrshire Cattle Society of Great Britain and Ireland. And part of his work included the management of the Breed Heritage Programme. So I'm excited to learn about Duncan's experience and what he knows about the Ayrshire cow. Duncan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fiona. So I mentioned that you currently offer consultancy services in the dairy sector. How would you describe what that is that you do in your consultancy? Okay, well, I mean, pre uh, being breed manager for the Esh Cattle Society, I had my own dairy herd as well. Uh, I used to milk uh, 140 cows, mixture of mainly Esh's, but some Holsteins also. Um, so I've had, I've been there and done it. Um, I'm not one of these consultants that's never been in a milking pile or or got covered in cow poo. Um, I've been there and experienced the whole thing and I had a very successful uh, production and inspection herd. But um, I had to stop working with the Ash Cattle Society just through some health reasons. And after I got myself sorted again, I decided to put my expertise to try and help others, which uh, gives me a... Uh, a lot of satisfaction because I think in life everybody needs a bit of that and um, yeah so basically I started up a consultancy company uh, um, to help people breed cows for the future. Uh, the industry faces a lot of challenges with sustainability uh, with uh, what the market demands are um, and I feel through my own experiences I can help people um, but I also offer diversification advice as well and a bit of business overseeing um, and currently the Esh Cattle Society have 
taken me or you are using my services for certain projects like what you mentioned before the breed heritage program uh and and other field work so that's where i am at the moment excellent thank you for explaining so let's start at the beginning if you like um or in terms of let's look at the ayrshire cow can you discreet describe the breed characteristics yeah, so typically the Ayrshire is a medium-sized cow. Um, medium-sized cows are what's required in today's industry to be more efficient and more economic, but um, they're, they're really known for their dairy capacity, their strength, um, their strong mammary systems like um, with good attachments, which makes them last a long time. And above all, uh, tremendous legs and feet. Uh, as you know uh, from Derbyshire, there's a lot of hills, uh, <laughs> and that's and that's why the Ayrshire excels in Derbyshire because the cows find those hills and hill, um, terrain with such similar um, from such similar systems. They they can power up those hills and um, even as old cows. Uh, so it's those legs and feet that give them. Um, that sort of characteristic of the Ayrshire value. Um, little maintenance is needed with Ayrshire's. Um, you know, they're, they're a very easy managed um, breed. And I think that helps a lot, especially with labour shortages. People don't want to be foot trimming all the time. They don't want to be treating cows for with antibiotics. It's, it's time consuming. Um, and then when you go to the type of milk that's produced by a cat, uh, by an Ayrshire cow, it's, she's got a great balance of component levels and produces healthier milk proteins, uh, which creates uh, easier digestion um, and contributes to a great taste. And those who have milk in their coffee says it's great in their coffee. Definitely. I like the uh, yeah combination coffee and the milk, like you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have my black personally. <laughs> So that's acceptable. <laughs> Each to their own. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so you've already mentioned that you have lived and breathed Ayrshire's. You you don't work um, in an abstract way. So you probably have got a good insight into also some of their maybe personality traits, or uh, would you say there there are some personality traits that uh, stand out for you? Yeah, um, I think if you ask anybody that's had any experience with Ayrshire's, the first thing they'll tell you is it's their will to live. They don't want to die. They don't want to be injured. They, they've got so much uh, get up and go in them. Um, they're so tough. They've been known to have a little bit of attitude, but haven't we all? Uh, and I think uh, attitude, a little bit of attitude can have its advantages where um, if you've got a downer cow, she wants to get up. You know, it's, she's not just going to sit there. She's going to keep trying and keep trying until she gets up. And that's a big part of the personality. Um, and I think, um, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier, you love the cows because they're brown in colour. Well, that colour has a big effect on their person that, uh, about what an Ayrshire can do. Because if you think about British summertime, uh, summertime anywhere, um, black cows absorb heat. Any, any. If you go out and wear a black t-shirt during the day, you're going to be hotter than you are if you're wearing a white one. Yeah. Um, well, it's just the same with the colour of uh, the cow's hair. It's like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't absorb the heat so much. So they, they, uh, 
are really good in hot climates um, and they also have a thicker skin which mm -hmm. means that they don't suffer from the cold and the wet so much so if you're driving around the countryside and it's pouring rain you see the cow ashes are still out grazing because they're that little bit tougher and that's why they thrive as well in Scandinavia but I think if you ask any Ayrshire breed around the world their personality is that will to live with a little bit of attitude Mm. Oh, I love that. That's obviously why I had that affinity with them. <laughs> the <laughs> <Yeah>. attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. Keep keep quiet. <laughs> Fantastic. So so going back to sort of the heritage of the Ayrshire breed, when was it when was the breed first registered? And what would you say has changed over the years? Okay, so the Ayrshire Cattle Society first started its herd book in 1877. So that's 147 years ago. So it's going to be 150 years. In, a little bit, not much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, mm. but in those times, uh, Ayrshires were the dominant breed right throughout the UK, especially in Scotland. The mm. um, Predominantly Ayrshires and Dairy Shorthorns were the prominent breed. That was right through the 1800s, even before the herd book was created. Um and then in the early 1900s, we saw the introduction of the importation of Frisians from the USA. Um, and they basically, obviously, they were giving more milk. And as things changed, which we've seen huge changes in those 147 years, you know, we've seen changes in farming systems, the way we feed our cows, what we feed our cows. Demands from the industry and market requirements. Um, that's led to um, farmers needing to produce higher volumes of milk in whichever way they could get it. Um, and obviously, like up to today, obviously the Holstein is now the dominant breed, and that's because the market has demanded it. Um, but who knows what future market demands will be? You know, maybe the Ayrshire and other traditional breeds are going to make a comeback. Let's wait and see. Mm -hmm. And would you know how many herds there are currently in the UK? Yes, in there with it. I mean, we've there's nine hundred odd Ayrshire breeders, um, mm -hmm. and probably three quarters of those are active breeding, um, actively breeding all over the country. And that's England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and a few in Southern Ireland as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes, there's plenty out there, but. Um, if you look at the geographical maps, they're more suitable to certain areas on grazing systems, especially down through the southwest. Uh, mm -hmm. Then, as we we've already touched on, Derbyshire and um, through the peak, all through the Peak District, um, north of England, wherever there's hilly terrain or those dairy farmers where uh, they're predominantly grazing, um, as some systems dictate that that's best the west best way for them to farm uh mm -hmm. that's where the airshires really come to the fore mm -hmm. so i understand you've judged all breeds of dairy cows so all, all different uh, shapes and sizes throughout the uk and also abroad um what do you look for when you're judging uh the dairy cows and how would the traits of the airshire differ from from other breeds and that's probably a very silly question because it could be a whole podcast episode on its own. It could, it could, and uh, you get <laughs> yeah. me started on judging. I'll talk forever if you, unless you stop me. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm a big believer that 
every dairy cow is exactly the same. They've got the same bits on them. No, no, no breed has got a different part. They're all the same. They're just in different proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm judging a cow or um, or a herd, I'm looking for balance. I'm looking for animals that show the traits that um, are going to be make those cows stay around for a long time and produce um, lots of milk. Uh, but have a long healthy life so it's all about proportions and being in balance there's no point in having a massive big cow at the top of a a show class uh, just because she's big Uh, big is not always beautiful as everybody knows that Um, and it's all within balance so obviously you're looking for ideally like a medium-sized cow with plenty of dairy strength uh, a cow that's got a superior mammary system where she's showing really good attachments. Those mm-hmm. other attachments make that udder stay in place for longer. So if the mm-hmm. udder attachments are loose, the udder tends to drop. And then once the udder starts dropping, it will continue to drop so they don't last as long. Mm-hmm. Obviously, bone quality, legs and feet, they've all got to be in balance with the rest of the cow. You know, there's no point in having a cow that's got poor legs and feet because if she can't, you know, just because she's in a system where maybe she's indoors, it doesn't matter. She's indoors, but she's on concrete. She has to be able to stand on concrete all the day. So you like to see that squareness through through the, the, the front end, through the legs and feet and make sure that everything is in balance with each other. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no trait that you, there's no, sorry, there's no breed that I would prefer judging. I, I doesn't matter the breeds. And, mm-hmm. and if you're judging a lot of breeds together, then you're looking at how they characterize within their own breed and how they, you know, how they excel over the, the, the breeds generally throughout the UK. Mm-hmm. Thank you for answering that question concisely, but with detail. (laughs) (laughs) So you've touched on already um, the topic of sustainability, which is obviously a big um, focus for the industry today. And you've also mentioned some of the traits that the Ayrshire breed could bring or, 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 you know, support with that goal in mind. Um, Is there anything else in particular that the Ayrshire breed has that is attractive for sustainability into the future that people are looking towards introducing into maybe their herds? Mm. So, uh, yeah, we've already touched on their natural grazing ability, but this does help produce the volume and the quality of milk for profitability. Um, Mm. And because of all their great health traits that we've, um, that we can talk about, um, it is proven that healthier cows will convert feed to milk more efficiently and release, uh, release less methane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for environmental sustainability, um, the Ayrshire breed has got that going for them. Um, we've got to also remember the inputs into each cow has got to be in balance with the milk that she produces, uh, which is where the Ayrshire breed comes into the fore. And, um, and many of the Ayrshire breeders uh, throughout the UK, they're successfully processing and selling their milk directly to local customers. Um, which in turn is reducing the carbon footprint and Mm -hmm. uh, improving the sustainability of their business. So, Mm -hmm. um, and sustainability is, you know, it's, it's the market demand now, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. It has to be in in any industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Thanks for explaining that. Um, Looking back at the, uh, the, the breed society, and obviously you've, you've been involved 
previously as, as you know, leading that and, and you're working again with the society. How do you go about communicating within uh, the the society amongst the members, um, sharing sort of messages and, and, and addressing issues? Sure, sure. Uh, uh, Asher Breeders, how can I explain Asher Breeders? It's, it's one big family, uh, mm. and I literally mean that. Uh, so if you want to get, so it's a bit like, it's a bit like, I suppose, if you've got neighbours and you tell your nosy neighbour next door something and you know it's going to get to the end of the street by the end of the day, it's, it's a bit like <laughs> that with the Ayrshire breed. Uh, but, but no, seriously, <laughs> seriously um, te- technology makes communications very easy. Um, mm. You know, we have a, a, a website, the Ayrshire Society has its own website. Um, it's got all its own social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and recently TikTok. Um, so obviously this spreads throughout the Ayrshire community, but also to an external community. Um, mm. The Cattle Society always also publish like, uh, uh, it's called the Ayrshire Journal twice a year. So it's basically somewhere where breeders can advertise animals for sale. Uh, it's more of a publication within the membership, but we do have subscribers away from uh for, away from the breed and also international um and then e-newsletters is something that's just been started so i'd say technology um you know really brings that communication easily to everybody now as when i was young there was no such thing it's like you know of of most of the things that I just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So it was yeah. like everything was written down on a piece of paper and posted to you, wasn't it? So yeah, um, sure. so yeah communication through the society. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the society has gone through a lot of staff changes over the last few years. And uh, there's um, Amy, who's basically the administrator for the society now. She's very, uh, she's, she's really good with technology. And uh, I'm... I'm doing certain things as well, and I'm learning. Uh, I had a I had a great time last night setting up a TikTok platform for the society, which uh, drove me yeah. potty. But uh, I learned a lot and uh, saw a lot of stuff that I'd never seen before. So, <laughs> like you say, it's an opportunity to to learn, isn't it? But I have to yeah. say, hats off TikTok. I've I've not even gone anywhere near that. It Every is... day's a learning day, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I would say maybe I'll be tempted, but I don't know if I'm, yeah, maybe I'll have to talk off air on yeah, okay. <laughs> tips. <laughs> so, so you mentioned, and you make a really good point, I guess we should look at it, I know we, you know, the positives from the uh, broad range of ways that we can communicate both within the society and, and to a wider audience are fantastic. Um, and also I picked up that you'd uh had an article published in the mainstream media back in, I think, 2009, talking about Bella, one of your prize-winning oh. Ayrshire cows. I wondered how that came about and um, and if you could tell us a bit about Bella. Oh, Bella was a superstar. She's um, She was my favourite cow and she was she, she brought us some of our biggest accolades. At, uh, she was the first cow that we uh, got a major championship with at the Royal Show. We won the Royal Show in 2003 with her. She was interbreed production and, and inspection champion in 2005. She won the da- National Dairy Farming event three times. Wow. Um, she was a production queen, as I called her. She had lots of milk, really good high-quality milk. Um, she was even in... Um, 
a couple of movies because we were based just north of London. Uh, we used to have quite a lot of uh, filming done on the farm. And there was a movie called Son of Rambo. Uh, and she well, she wasn't the star, obviously. But uh, wow. <laughs> I, I did demand her name went up in the titles at the end of the movie. Um <laughs> And then uh, when I dispersed my my dairy herd in 2011, she was actually sold to a Canadian breeder, um, yeah. and she was she stayed on my farm. And then I took I did um, some embryo transfer work with her and sent the embryos mm -hmm. out to Canada, where they got lots of daughters and sons and are working with the family over there. Um, but how she got into the media, I mm -hmm. uh, ah, it's a very good question. I assume. Mm -hmm. I assume it was because uh, just our location at the time, we were near London. We were, mm. you know, reporters don't like traveling too far, do they, unless they have to. Um, <laughs> so I think I was the easy option, but I think it was really they. everyone had a soft spot for Bella. <laughs> mm. I'm not surprised. And, and if you wouldn't mind, maybe we can share a picture of her on the, in the yeah, show notes. And, uh, yeah, I've got so many. <laughs> oh, oh, fabulous. Oh, she sounds a character. Yeah, she was. Um and nice to know she's living on in Canada through her... Uh, yeah, through her progeny. And progeny, not just yeah. there, there's... Uh, obviously, I did... Uh, I sold a lot of her daughters in my sale. So mm -hmm. there's a number of herds throughout the UK that have got progeny and great-great-great-granddaughters. And, yeah, the family will live on. Oh, lovely. That's a lovely thing to know. Yeah. So what's been your focus in recent activities to help promote the breed? Um, so obviously, I'd say pre-COVID, I think most of us used to rely a lot on um, agricultural shows, open days um, mm -hmm. for our main shop windows, uh, I think. But I think um, COVID taught us an awful lot. Um, we didn't need to keep traveling around the countryside to do things, you know, like we're doing today on a zoom mm -hmm. uh, interview you know we do a lot of that now where that never happened before and I think that's not just within our organization it's organizations through many industries all over the world um so but but obviously and I think since covid we've seen less people getting out now um so obviously we're forced to look into other means and Obviously, I've mentioned about all our social media platforms, um, myself and one of the Ayrshire breeders, James Mattinson, along with the vice president of the society, John Watson. We've just uh, we've been working over the last few months on a promotional video campaign to mm -hmm. highlight the breed's benefits. So we've made five separate videos uh, demonstrating the adaptability of the breed, the longevity uh, herd health, milk quality, and grazing ability. So for those five vi videos, uh, we've even used artificial uh, intelligence, I nearly said Ooh. insemination, yeah. uh, artificial, yeah. artificial intelligence for a voiceover Ooh. because we felt yeah. that none, none of us were posh enough. So um, <laughs> so we've used that. So, so yeah, that's bringing more te technology into the I was going to say embracing equation. the... Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. And so we just launched our first one last Friday. And yes, yeah, so you can see them on our YouTube channel, on the website, Ooh. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're all up and running. 
running and we'll be releasing another one tomorrow. So we're going to be doing them every Friday for the next five weeks. And then after okay. that, we'll continue doing a lot of uh, sort of snippets um, after that to keep promoting. But we're looking for a bigger audience. Obviously, you know, there's certain audiences that are just you're not reaching more people very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've gone on to TikTok because mm, okay. uh, there is a huge audience out there and you can hashtag as many people into it to get it seen to a wider audience. Um, mm. So that's that's what we're doing. We've also recently just done a breed survey. Uh, so we selected a number of farms with the most cows so that we could bring a lot of cows into that survey to find a lot of information on fertility, on uh, health traits, uh, to see how much milk cows were getting on each types of different systems. And that's been really interesting. So we'll use that information going forward to promote the breed further. So mm-hmm. so really, we've, we, we're sort of right in that middle bit of just doing uh, a lot. Um, wow. And yes, I suppose if we were to, if you... If we were to be critical of ourselves, we maybe haven't done enough over the last few years, but better mm. late than never. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you converted that uh, criticism into action. Uh, yes. And it sounds like you actually accelerated what you're doing. Um, I guess by the time this episode comes out, maybe even all five might be available. So if anyone wants to be yes, on those, I'm, I'm sure they'll be delighted to do so. And when yeah. you say these you're trying to reach a bigger audience this is dairy farmers or yeah obviously. i mean obviously our aim is to make airshire the airshire breed more popular within the dairy farmers because we do believe they've yeah. got a lot to offer um yeah. for any system whether it be grazing low input systems high input systems cross breeding programs you know yeah. people don't consider the airshire as a as an option for crossbreeding, but we've got a lot of mm. people that have had Holstein herds that have used Ayrshire's and are actually delighted with the results mm. uh, to to give them more easier managed and uh, more viable cows for their systems. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think I think um, going forward, yeah, we'd like to just maybe do a lot more to to expand our audience and also i think within this the pub the general public mm. uh they can learn a lot from this you know mm. if you te- teaching them about milk quality and what a dairy cow should be we all know there's a lot of people out there that don't like farmers um mm. and if we can reach out to those people and show them that we have got happy healthy cows that are living a good life they're being looked mm. after well yeah. then the whole perception of dairy farming can only be improved. And that is another message that we really want to get out there. Mm. Oh, fantastic. And obviously we'll share all the links in the show notes, et cetera. But uh, I think, as you say, the fact things like videos and having your access content shared through social media means you can reach that wider audience and they can see with their own mm. eyes what, what you're getting up to. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love that. What would you say your proudest achievement's been? In what? <laughs> in um, in dairy farming, or within the like, as a farmer, as a consultant, as a Ayrshire breeder, I suppose that's probably what you want to be asking. You may answer it whichever way you wish. Oh my word! Well, I I'd have to say, firstly, my proudest achievement is my four sons. 
mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're just amazing boys. And um, but my achievements, I suppose, uh, I don't know, just being there for people. Uh, I love helping people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of friends, um, both throughout the dairy industry and not just Asia breeders, Holstein breeders, Jersey breeders, dairy shorthorns, uh, Brown Swiss, the lot. Um, and I think probably, I think if you ask anybody realistically in life, if you've got a lot of friends and you've got people that you can always turn to and talk to about, and we always talk cows. I mean, everywhere we go, we talk cows. That's the best topic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or coffee, because <laughs> yeah. I love coffee too. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah I, th- I think that, that if you're that sort of person that has that ability to to um, be able to talk to people uh, to be able to share experiences to to learn from other people's experiences and that's again that's every walk of life not just in dairy farming um mm. i think i think that's probably if i was being honest that would be what i would say that sounds a lovely answer yeah thank you and out of interest are your sons interested in farming no <laughs> no unfortunately not they never uh, unless they you sat them on a tractor or a quad bike when they were young they were quite happy but uh but now they're all um they've all found their pathways and doing different things um so mm-hmm. yes no unfortunately not yeah. which is is basically why i my my farm was sold it was just mm-hmm. um yeah yeah uh, I'd done what I wanted to do. I'd achieved so much and I had nothing else to prove to myself and I wanted mm-hmm. to do something new. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, but no. They and how, yeah. No. But how lovely that you're still working within the community and, as you say, giving back, sharing your knowledge and helping other people. Um, so, yeah, how fantastic to look back on what you've achieved and, and still stay in the industry and help others achieve yeah, what they no, I'm like lucky. I'm lucky that I'm lucky that way, yes. Cool. Oh, so you mentioned coffee. I'm intrigued to uh, to to uh, oh, explore this a little bit more. Okay, go <laughs> on. It's... I know I'm on, I know I'm on safer ground than when I build up. Uh, you know how how much of a coffee snob are you? And then someone tells me they drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm on safe ground here. So do tell me about your coffee drinking habits. All right. So I am a coffee snob. It's official. And um, Brilliant. yeah. Don't don't try putting instant coffee in a cup for me. It's like my days of being polite when I used to go to farms and say, "Oh yes, I'll have a coffee." Not anymore. I just I'd rather do without unless you've got a Tassimo machine. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a quad espresso man. So Whoa. two double espresso, two double espressos in one cup. Uh, that's that's my preference, uh, or the strongest Colombian coffee you can find. Mm. Um, so yeah, and if see if there's no coffee in the house, I freak out. But I'm very lucky; I've got a pub just in the village that does really good coffee. So uh, I'll yeah. go knocking on the door when they're closed. If uh, yeah, the locals that's will think it. I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not. I'm just yeah. going to get my coffee. <laughs> wow what a fantastic backup to have oh <laughs> yes I- i'm envious i'm envious and that's properly hardcore Whew, quadruple <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do get some funny looks when i order at uh, coffee shops <laughs> i bet i bet uh well it's nice to meet a, a fellow coffee snob so uh, yeah i'm also a bit fussy but <laughs> good fun 
Duncan, is there anything else you'd like to share that you think would be interesting or important for our listeners to hear? Uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned earlier that it's, um, you know, you've got a lot of dairy farmers listening, you've got a lot of vets listening. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think where your vet, your veterinary audience uh, is a lot of people won't have experienced the Ayrshire breed. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's simple. Pass the message along that the Ayrshire breed uh, has got a lot to offer. Um, and I think, you know, realistically healthy cows is what we're all looking for uh we're all looking to reduce the workload a little bit uh and labor is very hard to get as we discussed earlier Mm -hmm. um so for an easy managed uh profitable enjoyable uh herd of cows Mm -hmm. try the airship you know it's uh go out and buy a few there's plenty for sale uh, or if, if not just give me a call i'll find them for you um yeah. but um yeah i would say unless you try once you try them you'll be hooked that's for sure yeah for sure and i would say that from a vet point of view as well that's having been there doesn't it so that's hashtag buy an airshire hashtag <laughs> buy, oh that's Is a that... new one for tiktok yeah <laughs> that i love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, Duncan, I've absolutely loved talking to you this afternoon. Thank you so much for telling me about Bella and sharing your expertise about the fantastic and my favourite dairy cow breed, the Ayrshire. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please follow or subscribe to the show so you can join me next time when I'll be talking more about communication, cows and coffee.